0: In our gospel lesson this morning from the 20th chapter of John, John writes, Later on that day, it was a Sunday, the disciples had gathered together, but fearful of the Jews, had locked all the doors in the house. Jesus entered, stood among them, and said, Peace to you. Then he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples, seeing the Master with their own eyes, were exuberant. Jesus repeated his greeting, Peace to you. Just as the Father sent me, I send you. Then he took a deep breath and breathed into them. Receive the Holy Spirit, he said. If you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? But Thomas, sometimes called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we saw the master. But he said, unless I see the nail holes in his hands put my finger in the nail holes and stick my hand in his side, I won't believe it. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the room. This time, Thomas was with them. Jesus came through the locked doors, stood among them and said, Peace to you. Then he focused his attention on Thomas. Take your finger and examine my hands. Take your hand and stick it in my side. Don't be unbelieving. Believe. Thomas said, My Master, my God. Jesus said, So you believe because you've seen with your own eyes. Even better blessings are in store for those who believe without seeing. Jesus provided far more God-revealing signs than are written down in this book. These are written down so you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in the act of believing, have real and eternal life in the way he personally revealed it. The Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus tells His disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. You've heard me speak about this before. This is the Missio day, The mission of God. The sending of God. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. In that statement, Jesus is launching the mission of the church into the world to proclaim the good news, the gospel message of the mercy and grace of God, the forgiveness of sins, God's grace poured out on us through the blood of Jesus, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. I am sending you, he says. He also here gives the church, the body of Christ, you, the power and authority to carry out that mission. He says, then he took a deep breath and breathed into them. Receive the Holy Spirit, he says. If you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? He gives the church power. He gives you power. Holy Spirit power to proclaim God's forgiveness of sins. He inspires them. Inspire means to breathe into. He breathes into them the power of the Holy Spirit to carry out the mission of the church, which is what? The mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Which is why our mission here at Countryside is transforming our world by sharing God's love. See, as United Methodists, we believe that And this is right from the book of Discipline, paragraph 120, if you ever care to look it up. We believe that local churches and extension ministries of the church provide the most significant arenas through which disciple-making occurs. The local church and the extension ministries of the church. This is where disciple-making happens. I had an interesting experience this week. See, I'm, I'm privileged to practice ministry in the local church here at Countryside, but also in the extension ministries of the church through the Tamagua clinics over in Tomball, Magnolia, and Waller. Earlier this week, I attended the bishop's breakfast down at, downtown at the uh, uh, conference office. And one of the topics of discussion at that meeting was the mission of the church, the body of Christ, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the saving of souls. That's why we're here, church. That's why Jesus launched the church to save souls, to reconcile God's people back to himself. That's our mission. And if that's our mission as the church, then everything we do as the church should be a movement toward that very goal. Making disciples of Jesus Christ. The saving of souls for the transformation of the world. That's why we're here. That's why we come to church every Sunday. That's why we come to Bible study. That's why we do what we do in the community. Food pantry, Archie's prayer ministry, etc., All that stuff that we do is the church in motion to make disciples and save souls. It's a simple mission, but it's not an easy mission. Does that make sense? It's a straightforward mission. Our mission is clear. There's no doubt of what our mission is. But it's not easy because it has to be accomplished by the church, which is made up of humans who are fallible and have issues, issues like doubt. See, Thomas, in this passage from John, is famous for doubt, isn't he? Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. I will not. You can't make me believe unless I see it for myself, unless I touch it. Thomas, Doubting Thomas, we call him. He gets a bad rep. He's earned that reputation, I think. We're hard on Thomas, aren't we? But the thing is, is Thomas really all that different from the rest of us? I mean, we doubt, don't we? We fall short on occasion, don't we? We we have questions. We we pray at times and we wonder if our prayer has even been heard. We, We know the Bible says to act one way and we seldom embrace Scripture and jump in with both feet. Am I right? It's not just me. I'm one of the worst, but it's not just me. There are many examples. Here's an example. The Bible says, tithe. And God says, go ahead and test me on this to see if your tithing doesn't open the floodgates of God's storehouses and yet we seldom jump into the tithe with a Texas hold them all in attitude, do we? We stick a toe in the tithe water, but we don't jump in with both feet. Why? Because we doubt. It's okay. I admit it. You can too. I, I don't preach about tithing very often. We don't talk about money in the church except for at the finance meetings. I don't preach about it nearly as much as I should. And tithing, if you want a definition, a biblical definition, it's giving 10% of our income off the top, first fruits. All of that first fruits going to God for the mission of the church. Tithing is not about, here's the thing, and this is why I should preach on it more. Tithing is not about the money. Yeah, there's money involved, but it's not about the money. Once I understood this principle, it opened a whole new world for me. Here's why. Tithing is not about the money. It's about trust. It's a spiritual discipline about trust. It's a spiritual discipline about depending on God for our provision. I should preach on it more often because when you practice it faithfully, it's a doubt crusher, it's a doubt killer. Tithing conquers doubt. God is so explicit and intentional on this that he says, and it's the only thing he says this on, test me on this and see. Try it and see. When you put your faith in God for your provision so totally that you're willing to give off the top 10%, the other caveat to that is God says, give it all. Bring the full tithe and see if I don't open my storehouses for you. It's not about the money. This little church does all right. This little church does all right in its finances. Yeah, there are times. Sheila will tell you. Brenda will tell you. There are times when things are a little tight. But by and large, we do well. And that's without everyone tithing. Why? Because it's not about the money. To make this place go. Tithing is not for the church. Tithing is for you. Tithing is for me. It gives me the opportunity to trust God for my provision. And when I do that, he floods me with blessing. Maybe not monetarily. Not always monetarily. Very often monetarily, but... Mostly, I never want for anything. Try it. Don't take my word for it. Try it. Because here's some good news for all of us doubting Thomases. God understands your doubt. Jesus can handle your doubt. Jesus didn't write Thomas off for his unbelief. He came back to the upper room a second time so that Thomas could see and touch and believe. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Don't doubt, believe. Jesus came back for Thomas and gave him what he needed to move through his doubt and into belief and he will do the same for you. Not just in tithing, but in everything. Jesus will come back for you time and time again to give you what you need to believe. Thomas saw, he felt, and he believed, and he said, my Lord and my God. Thomas confesses Jesus with his mouth, believing it finally in his heart. And Jesus is okay with that. He's okay with Thomas's doubt. But he says to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Jesus was okay with the doubt and was willing to provide what Thomas needed to believe. But how cool would it be, Thomas, he says, if you had believed without seeing me and without. Touching me. Those who believe based purely on faith, purely on the word of the gospel, those people will be extra blessed. Here's the really good news. Those extra blessed people, that's us. That's you and me. We didn't get to, we didn't get to see the wounds. We didn't get to put our finger in the wounds. We didn't get to put our finger, our hand in his side where the spear pierced him. And yet, we're here this morning because, why? We have nothing better to do on a Sunday morning? No. It's a beautiful day out. We could be doing anything else. But we're here because we are extra blessed, because we believe. We believe that this place, worshiping our God, worshiping His Son, worshiping the Holy Spirit... Well, it's just worth our time, isn't it? Those blessed people, that's us, we believe. We have proclaimed my Lord and my God without the benefit of putting our fingers in the wounds. Now, here's something. And this has always troubled me, Bobby. If we can believe Him in the main thing, if we can believe Him enough to be here on the second Sunday of Easter after the the main event, and now this is, well, a low Sunday. A lot of people don't show up for the the Sunday after Easter. If we can believe Him in the main thing, that He is Lord, why can't we trust Him in the little things? believe Him enough to be here? Why don't we trust Him with our healing? Why don't we trust Him with our finances? Why don't we trust Him with our relationships? Why don't we trust Him with our fears and our doubts and the burdens that we carry with us day to day? Why don't we trust Him in this mission that He has commissioned us to do? Why aren't we making disciples for the transformation of the world, the saving of souls? Why aren't we carrying out the mission of the church? Well, the answer is doubt. Doubt. Doubt in our own ability. Doubt in our knowledge. Doubt in our speech, doubt in our willpower. But here is the other piece of good news. As followers of Christ, it's not on our own abilities that we should depend. Any more than we depend on Him for our provision, we don't depend on Him for our own ability. Like the disciples in the upper room, we are inspired by the Holy Spirit. That is, we are breathed in with the Holy Spirit. It is Holy Spirit power that accomplishes the mission, not willpower. It's time for us to get back to the mission. See this resurrection we've all just experienced. That's that's not just Easter Sunday. That's the ongoing mission of the church. It, that's a resurrection of the missio dei, the sending of God. It's a recreation of the sending of God this morning, a recreation of the mission of God this morning, and every morning. We have been talking these past couple of years, it's hard to believe, but it's been a couple of years that I've been blessed to be your pastor. And it is a privilege to be your pastor. Each and every face I see Jesus Christ looking back at me because His Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are a reflection of the living Christ. You are the image and likeness of God. You are the person in which the Holy Spirit has chosen to dwell, all because you said, my Lord and my God. For the past couple of years, we have been talking about the missional mindset, the embracing of the sending of God, that the God who sent Jesus, who now is sending you, is sending me into the world to carry out the mission of the church. Here's a word for you, evangelism. That's that scary word on TV. Any minute now, somebody's going to pick up the phone and call you and ask you for money. Evangelism. You can feel your phone start to vibrate in your pocket or your purse right now. Evangelism. Scary word. Evangelism. The spreading of the gospel. How do we do that? We do it by living among the people of our community as light in the darkness. Shining the love of Christ into the lives of everyone that we meet. Feeding the hungry. Breaking bread with the people of this community. When is the last time, rhetorical question, when is the last time you shared a meal with someone who is not family or church family? Praying with the people of this community. When is the last time you prayed with someone who is not family or church family? Isabella, you're excused. Satisfying those who thirst. Not just for water, but for the life-giving water of Jesus. When is the last time you gave a stranger a drink of water? When is the last time you gave a stranger a taste of the living water of the gospel? Healing the sick. Taking care of the poor. Visiting those in prison. This this is not a mission for the few. This is a mission for everyone. Giving of ourselves for the forward movement of the kingdom of God. That's the sending of God. That's the missio Dei. And Jesus says, As God sent me, I'm sending you. You've been sent. Are you moving yet? Are you walking out that sending yet? You are missionaries. Are you in your mission field yet? You are evangelists. Are you proclaiming his gospel yet? Are you doing any of these things that he commanded? For the honor and the glory of the Father. And the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.